Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Monday, January 15th, 2024, coming right up. It is the book of Acts, chapter 2. It is so critical for understanding the Bible, the whole Bible in general. And here's a great example, Acts, chapter 2, to get those artist depictions and Hollywood portrayals out of your mind about what's going on in Acts, chapter 2. God is not a sideshow. God is a God of order, discipline, structure. God's not a cartoon or CGI cartoon. Listen, please turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And while you're turning with me there, please consider the Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word out to the message of Christ's love out to a hurting world. It is such a hurting world. It's such dark times right now. People want some stability, some certainty. He is your rock, your only stability, your only certainty, your fortress, your high tower. It's your only safety. He's given us a way out of this construct that we've just made a mess of planet Earth. You know, free will entities simply must be governed. And God is teaching us, you cannot govern yourselves. You people have a 100% failure rate at governing yourselves. God is governmental perfection. We have a lot of biblical numerics in the book of Acts chapter 2. But please, if you would consider, Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit. CompanionChapel.com. If you send me a $2 or $5, but if you send me a $10 bill, I'll send you one of these beautiful infinity chain necklaces. Look at this thing. It's absolutely gorgeous. You don't put this around your neck because I got them from China. Who knows what they're made of? But it is what it symbolizes. You put this on the mirror of your pickup truck or your car, whatever whip you're driving around in, and... There you have the most powerful symbol in the universe right there. The cross, it defeated death, it defeated evil for you and because of you. And it did it out of the most selfless act of love and compassion that is universally recognized. Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all with one accord in one place, because Christ told them to. Remember Jesus Christ, it was the Passover. When he laid down his life at the appointed time, when he, was, when he was nailed to the cross, he walked into that torture chamber purposely for us and because of us to defeat, the, to defeat death and defeat evil. Satan, you got nothing on me. It is done. The ministry of salvation is now open. Then we count 50 days to Pentecost. So after Christ on the cross, three days, we, he went to the prisons. Another study for another day. And then 40 days, he was kicking it with the apostles, as it's written here. Look at the biblical numerics here, three, and then we have 40. It's probation. And then another 10 days, we have Pentecost here. Look what's going to happen. What does 10 stand for? Orderly perfection. The biblical numerics are God's trademark stamp of validity that run through the Bible. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now listen. This is where you get the sideshow going, like someone, like some spirit walked in with the big lighter and was lighting there, you know, and they got a, like, like a cloven, like this, like a snake, a fire. That's not at all what this means. Let's go over these words. Cloven itself has a preposition for it in the manuscripts. That's where I study from, from the manuscripts through the lexicons. It's diamorizo. So let's, the preposition is dea. It means 
by means of, and merizo means distribution. So we have by means of distribution, not the word cloven here that Hollywood makes into like a snake's tongue on fire sitting on top of their head. That's not what it means. Sat is cathedral. It means it's settled. It's settled in. And you follow this word through the Bible. The Bible contains its own glossary. And you'll see the biblical meaning and prophetic uses of the words. The same grammatical construct is found in. Acts chapter 18. So by means of distribution, settled. And upon is epi. It's a preposition here used in the accusative case. A downward active motion. So we have this Holy Spirit coming in. In a downward active motion. Settling in on their tongues. Tongues is glossa. That's where we get the word glossary from. And that means other languages and dialects were allowed into them. Now fire, we know from Psalms 104 and what fire means. Hey, let's just go. Let's go to Psalms 104. What are we talking about here? We're talking about ministers of fire. So we'll go to Psalms 104, which is also written in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. And let's just read what's happening here. This isn't some sideshow. This was all written before. This is how the Holy Spirit will come into you if you allow it. Bless the Lord, ye his angels. Psalms 104, verse 20. This is Psalms 103, verse 20. And I'll get into Psalms 104. That excel in strength and do his commandments. You're blessed. That means you're happy. Angels, that's us. Watch. Angels, Mark chapter 12. You are the angels. John bowed down to an angel. In Revelation chapter 22, he says, The angel says, Get up. You're my fellow servant. You're my brethren. We're just spiritual beings going through a flesh experience right now. We are the angels. Now watch this. Guess what else we're called? Hey, that excel in strength and do his commandments. Hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless you, the Lord, all you his hosts. We are the hosts of heaven, the attendants, the angels, the stars. That means bright shining life forces. We're all his children. Bless ye, the Lord, all ye his hosts. Ye ministers of his. We're his ministers. We minister this word. That ministers, this is like servants. We serve God. We're employed by God. He's going to take care of us. This is the employee compliance sheet to get your job in heaven. There's lots to do. It's a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Hearkening unto the... Okay, he ministers of his that do his pleasure. That's what he created us for the last verse of Revelation chapter 4. He created us for his joy, for his pleasure, for his glory. And then what happened? One third of us fell out of harmony fell out of harmony with the universe, fell out of harmony with God. And he gave us a chance to get, get back into harmony with the universe. Okay, so here we go. Ministers of his that do his pleasure. Who, and this is talking in, verse, in chapter 104. Okay, talking about God who maketh the clouds his chariots. He is a spirit. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere. We're little spiritual beacons right now, reduced and restricted in these flesh bodies so that we can come to terms with what's inside of us that is not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. But he maketh his clouds his chariots. It means that he's, that's his whip. He can go anywhere he wants. Who walketh upon the wings of the wind. That's spirit. That's Urach. Who maketh his angels spirits. Hirak, that's our energy, your spirit, the intellect of your soul, your character, your longings, your wantings are all instigated by your spirit, your psyche. That's why we have psychologists and psychiatrists are trying to figure out your psyche. You get a psychological reaction. Your brain is a processor and it instigates a physiological 
reaction in itself, physiological um, movements, kinetics, whatever. But you have two bodies, spirit, the sp your spiritual body. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It cannot exchange physical matter. But it can exchange information. And information in the Bible is just called the light. Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flaming fire. Here we go with that word fire again. It's not some sideshow. They're not sitting there with a little flame burning off their foreheads. And we'll talk about fire a little bit more here. The word fire, biblical usage of the word fire when it's not talking about having a barbecue. We just went over Psalms 104 with things burn us in Luke 4.32. Did not our heart burn within us while Jesus Christ talked with us, while he opened us up the scriptures? And Jeremiah 20, God's word was in Jeremiah's heart a burning fire. Now let's get to the tongue. It's not my word, God says to Jeremiah, like a fire. It's not my word like a fire, Jeremiah, saith the Lord, like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Their rock is not our rock. Their construct is not our construct. Their way is not our way. We're just passing through and we have to absorb it a little bit and we pray for everybody that's stuck in it. I will have my words in your mouth, fire, Jeremiah. That's where the word fires mean. But always remember, what is fire when it comes to the evil side of fire? You know, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. It setteth on course, the, it setteth on fire the course of nature, James 3, 6. It defileth the whole body. It's the internal passion of the mind, and that is the fire of hell. Also written in Isaiah chapter 9, what is fire? What is the fire of hell? It's lawlessness, unrighteousness. People just can't get over it. It's the internal passion of the mind, the burning, the what comes off your tongue, the burning emotion. That's what we're talking about here, but this is the good fire. These are ministers of fire, and that's what this means. It's not some sideshow with their heads on fire means the holy spirit sat down in them a downward active motion and gave them a glossary other languages and dialects is what that word tongues means here and you can run that thread through the bible and you'll find that that is true settled in upon them so here we have and they were filled with the holy spirit it settled in upon them and they began to speak in other tongues glossa other languages as the Spirit was giving them utterance. You know, when we get to heaven, there's not going to be, hey, I can't talk to you because you speak Russian. I can't talk to you, you speak Japanese. We speak one language. And I can tell you this much. We've been so reduced and restricted in these flesh bodies that we can barely comprehend what it would be like to speak in heaven. I can guarantee you, I can tell you something, that just the slightest little sentence between two people that are that are in the heavens right now, the angels, would be like a lifetime of words for us. We've been so reduced and restricted. Gave them utterance. So now they could speak one language, God's language that everybody can hear. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, people were talking about it, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying one another, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue, our own glossa, our own dialect, our own slang, where we were born? That's the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, right here as Jesus Christ told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. 
I will baptize you. I will submerge you with the Holy Spirit. It will settle in on you. Downward active motion. Right on your glossa. Right on your tongue. And I'll give you these languages. Because we have to get God's word out there. That, that was what's going on here. That just as Christ promised in Acts chapter 1 verse 5. Now this Holy Spirit. It comes from above. Obviously, evil spirits come from below. And if you want to will yourself over to evil spirits, which people do all the time, they're going to talk to you. There's no doubt about it. In the Bible, just ask Saul. Hey, he wanted to talk to Samuel. Well, Samuel was long in the dirt. The spirit came up. If you will yourself over to those demons, devils, evil spirits, they will mess with you. They'll play a snare drum on your head. And they get people thinking, this means they had a fire on their head and they were flopping on the floor like a fish. Speaking in tongues. Everything. They could hear. All the people could hear them in their own language. Not just their own language. In their own tongue. Their own glossary that they knew. Where they were born. Their own dialect. Their own slang. And then it's got 18 places here. Corinthians, Medes. I'm not reading all these. You read them. 18 places. 18. The language of God will release you from bondage. That's what the number of 18 is. And after all these, the Cretes and the Arabians, 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 Arab people, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They heard them and they understood what they were saying. The wonderful works of God, not flopping on the floor like a fish. It's like some sideshow. And now I was going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and just... Just hammer that home, that whole speaking in tongues thing. But that's another lesson for another day. I studied for it this morning. It'll take too long. I've done the book of Corinthians several times, and you can find it on podcasts. And if you would like me to do a special studies on just speaking in tongues, then I will. They speak in different languages. And if someone doesn't understand the language you're speaking in, they're not going to understand it. You might need an interpreter. Because if I was staying in front of a bunch of Oriental people right now, say from Korea, and I was teaching the Bible... According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that's useless. They don't understand me unless I got an interpreter. Because God is the God of discipline structure. He's not a sideshow. He's a God of order. He's not the author of confusion. And they speak in our tongues the wonderful works. Everybody understood it, is what's being said here. And they were all amazed and were in doubt. Not doubt, they were perplexed. They're like, how's this happening? How's this happening? I'm an Arab man. I'm standing beside a uh, Medes, oh, they're pretty much the same. I'm standing beside someone from Egypt, someone from Libya, uh, someone from Rome, and we're all hearing this clearly in our own dialect. Well, God executes performances far beyond our current understanding of physics. We've been so reduced and restricted. What, like, what, what do we know anyway? In general, all rational beings on earth and heaven are reconciled to God. And we have to come to an understanding that is an ira- it is irrational to think you know better than God. So we have the truth here, the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil in heaven and hell. This was done for examples for us. There will be one language in heaven and everybody will understand it. And you can sit there and you'll be perplexed. It says doubt here. But they said to another, what does this mean? What's going on? Okay. And then enter the mockers running their mouths. We all know these people, they get that little glow on their face and they just love that feeling of empowerment because they're going to run their mouths because they stand for nothing and fall for everything. They know everything about nothing and nothing about everything. And here they are. 
They were then, they were now, as it's written in the book of Peter. Hey, they're going to be in the end times. They always will be around. Okay? These, and what did they say? You know, just some stupid sideshow comment. And we have to absorb it all the time, us true Christians. Who cares? Here's, here's one of their catchphrases. These men are full of new wine. Ah, these guys are drunk. These guys are drunk. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting here and rummy here. Yeah, these guys are drunk just like me, right? You know? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, And Peter, I got to give it to you. You'd be much more polite than white trash Mikey here, because I would have said way more than what Peter says. You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as supposed, seeing it's about the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Anyway, let's stop there, because this part where it says the book of Joel... Here's another thing where people don't understand and they get the word prophets and prophecy and everything. And we'll do that tomorrow because there's a lot. Look at how much Bible these guys cover when it goes back to Acts chapter 1 verse 14. They all continued with one accord like they were here. That's how this lesson started off. And they all continued with one accord in one place. That's what we're supposed to do. Assemble yourselves, my peculiar people. God is saying, come together as a Christian family. And that really... It gets hammered home in the next few chapters. But anyway, for this, don't read over that. In prayer and supplication with the woman, Mary, and mother of Jesus and his brethren. Look at all the places we've covered so far in the Bible. Romans 9, Genesis chapter 32, we've covered. Zechariah chapter 14, Psalm 69, Psalm 16, Psalms 109, Psalms 110. And where did we go today? I forget already, but it doesn't matter. That's what you do at prayer meetings when you assemble yourself. I want to thank you very much for watching, and have yourself a great day, and bye for now.